The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas, and my fearless co-host just arrived. Good good evening. I am the fearless co-host who has just <laughs> arrived. How are you? What's up, man? Oh, you know, I'm just, just calming down after a very adventurous and exciting day in the music oh, business. Geez. Oh, man. That sounds very stressful, <laughs> but fun. It's yeah. fun, Greg. It's, remember, music is fun. I tell myself that all the time. And it's like it's, like it's a challenge, too, which is really nice. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, man, no matter what happened to you today, we're going to have a good time tonight. Man, I'm grateful very, to be here. Very special guest, Mariel Bildstein. She um she plays the best instrument because it's one of the most difficult instruments, the trombone. And uh, yeah, man, we're gonna have a good time talking to her about our new record entitled Backbone. Nice. Yeah, man. So uh, without further ado, Mariel, what's up? How are you? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> How are you guys? Pretty good. You know what? We need a drum roll. That's like we need a drum roll oh, sound effect. So damn next it. Time I don't have happens, one. Like like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I do have this though. Whoa! <laughs> oh, I have another one. That's all the sound effects I got today. <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. Man. man, welcome. Good. Well, sorry for the jokes, y'all. We getting crazy no, here. <laughs> we need more. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, Mary, man. How, how are you doing? Are, are you are you up in New York these days? I am. Um, generally, the whole pandemic, I've been in New York, but I escaped um, last week, and I'm doing a little bit of a family trip um, to see my best friend in North Carolina, and then now I'm in Oregon for a week, and then I'm taking a bit of a road trip to see my new niece in San Francisco, and then my parents in Santa Barbara. So I'm doing like a little crazy thing. Um, but I've been in New York the whole pandemic until now. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on your your your, uh, your uh, coast to coast vacation. <laughs> I know. I know. It's been crazy. I'm in Oregon right now um, at my little sister's house, and she has this... Um, She's in a photography class at the University of Oregon where they take photos out of like a cardboard box, like a pinhole camera. So we've been playing with that today. It's very old school. It's really fun. Look, man, let's get right into it. I want to get to this record, man. And I'm curious about the inspiration for it and, and what the meaning actually means. Backbone, what does that even mean? Okay. Um, well, I, I came up with the title much later. I, I had to come up with one and I was like, I had no idea what I was going to call this record. I had just sort of put together these songs and put together the band and made the music and all of the like branding stuff. I just was avoiding um, hardcore. And so then the day I needed to come up with a title, I just, it sort of happened. <laughs> I was like on a bit of a, um, you know, the thesaurus.com, like what are good words? You know, we're all there sometimes. <laughs> and um, good, good words for what? <laughs> What were the other options? <laughs> well, I, I didn't know what I wanted to call it. And, and I, I didn't want anything that was too flowery or like emergence or like anything like that. It just Cerebral jazz part right. one. <laughs> it just didn't really feel right for what the band was doing and what I'm about. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, the, the meaning of backbone is just really knowing who you are and being strong in that throughout life and having um, a good moral compass and all of those things that I, I hope to be and get better at all the time. Um, and it also, I think it's really about being yourself. And I think what I, what I'm really proud of on this record is that everyone who is playing all the musicians really were able to be themselves and really shine um, in who they are. And so it just felt like a good sort of summation. And it's also kind of badass. And I liked that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, you know, 
recording music, especially now, is kind of it's it's a huge challenge. And you know, can we? I, I'm curious if we can kind of talk about that process and what that's like to 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 get in. The, first of all, to get the money together because people may not know this. You need at least what would you say, ten thousand dollars? Ten thousand dollars is like baseline price. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing that jazz musicians are uh, independently wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wealthy. Wow, we're we about have to so have, much money. We're about to have a comedy show on our hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we have all we all have a ton of money. It's crazy. What, what's that like, man? How do you even get the money together and, and how do you start that process? Yeah. So um, money wise, I had been saving for a long time um, just from gigging in New York and teaching gigs. I mean, sort of all the summation of all the work that I'd been doing. Um, I live really inexpensively. So I was able to just put as much money away as possible. Um, and I had been doing that for a while. And then I sort of was looking at it and was like, OK, I think I can do this. Um, the money was all there. So I think it was just saving and really not spending on anything. I mean, that's a whole conversation in of itself of like how to my, manage finances. Um, but pretty much I just didn't touch a lot of it. I just sort of like put it away, put it away, put it away. Um, not for any, not for like an album, but just for life. Um, just so that whatever I can do what I want and yeah. <laughs> um, and so because I had um, an experience right when I moved to New York where I was like, I'm in New York. I'm so cool. And I like, spent all my money in three months <laughs> when I was 18. That and sounds about so, right. <laughs> right. I'm like, I need, and I didn't even buy it. I mean, I didn't even buy anything meaningful. Um, but I just balled out for three months and, you know, and I, I spent like all my, all my life savings. <laughs> um, and then since then I was like, okay, I can't do this again. And so I just, really just chipped away and, um, and just saved. So, yeah. So I just had this money sitting there, I guess. I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it is really expensive. We can get into, I mean, I don't know who's listening to this where, it, you know, what's helpful to know of how to put things together. But, um, you know, I, I, it was really important to me that I could pay the band fairly, that I could pay the engineers and the mixing people and the mastering people and like everybody along the way, I really didn't want to ask for favors um, because I wanted to feel really proud that we got here and everyone got the money they needed, you know, to do really excellent work. Um, so I didn't. You, you have know, some amazing that. musicians on the record too. Yeah, time. yeah, and they were, you know, I I think we, you know, some people needed more money than others, and I was really happy to have that conversation and be like, okay, what does everyone need um, to be able to show up and feel happy about it and really commit and and I think that that's a it was important part of my process was just to make sure that everyone felt really good about, okay, I'm not, you know, getting less than I'm worth. Um, so yeah, so that was the money side of things. And then um, from the concept side of things, I mean, this is my first album and I really just wanted to present the music that I had been working on, um, the arrangements that I'd been working on, the things that I was inspired by um, just from being in New York and being on the scene and, um, experiencing music and just learning a lot, you know? So I think it's, when I think of albums, um, it sort of helped me to think of it as a snapshot in time rather than this is who I am forever because it's just <laughs> a lot of pressure. Um, so that was, yeah, I, I, we can get more specific into all those things, but that's like an overview of kind of how I was thinking about it. Yeah, it's really crazy because I mean, from this point, there's like so many different discussions and topics we can really dig into from like the money, like you were saying, or concept and things like that. But maybe, um, maybe having this been having this be your first record, what is the uh, the one thing that surprised you most about the process that 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 maybe you didn't expect going into it, but something you had to deal with along the way. Um, the my my most favorite part was getting the music together with the band and playing the music on the record date. That was the best experience. That that was my favorite part. And I want to do that every day. Um, and then everything after sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's really hard. And um, I didn't realize how much help I was going to need. I was like, yeah, I can do this. Like no problem. And it, it's just really hard. And you have to be really detail oriented the paperwork, the licensing, like all the legal stuff. I mean, what a pain in the ass. So 
that was, you know, making the music was the part I just realized, wow, I really can't do this alone. I'm not going to have the patience to do it alone. Right. Cause you could self-release and spend the time to look at everything and like be really careful. But I realized quickly that I just wasn't going to do that. Um, so that made it pretty easy to decide, okay, I'm going to go through a label so that I have someone to talk me through all of this because I am wildly unprepared. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think making the music was the best part and then everything after was the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's funny because we're musicians, you know, like that's the right. part that we right. want to do. We want to write the music. We want to get together with the cast and yeah. rehearse. Like yeah. we don't want to do anything else in life. No, we really don't. It sucks. <laughs> it's like, and I'm really bad at it. And I thought I was pretty, like, I've always thought of myself as a pretty on top of it person. And this experience has shown me, no, in fact, I am not. <laughs> um, and so just ask, you know, realizing, okay, you are going to have to ask for help. You are going to have people sort of create people to answer to, because this thing took me almost two years to release because I didn't have anyone to answer to. It was just me. And as we all know, if you're answering to yourself, sometimes things take a bit longer. So um, it really helped to have set up some structures with the label, with people um, to sort of check in with me, even like my boyfriend checking in on me, like, hey, what's going on? You know, just to kind of keep things moving and, and have some accountability in place because otherwise I'm just off in la-la land, you know? Right, absolutely. You know what? This might be yeah. a good place here for us to take a pause for the cause and maybe we'll let the people hear the music. Sounds How about great. that? All right, let's do it. Thank you. 
Yo, that was bad. That was so killing. Wow. Hey, yeah. can I be in your band? Thank you. you. Yes, please. <laughs> <Do> you- <laughs> <laughs> me? I would love that. You need- yeah, it was totally amazing. That was, that was, yes, you're swinging, swinging, swinging. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you guys like it. Really. Oh, man. It means the world I, to I, me. Oh, man. I know I said we only going to listen to one, but we definitely going to listen to another one. Okay, good. That's crazy. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, you have to know, you have to know something about Darian and I. Darian and I have a special place in, in our hearts for trombone players because we both, we met playing in Delphio Marcellus's band. Oh. That's right. So, right. so no, it's this, a, this is the thing. Trombone all trombone players like me. I don't know why. You know, hmm. all trombone players. They they just it's just a thing, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what my theory is about that. I don't. I wonder if there's a thing with singers and drummers as well, because I think trombone is the most vocal instrument out there. You know, absolutely, um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I think singers like piano players. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, that's yeah. like a very special. That's like you know one of these partnerships, but. One, one thing I have noticed about trombone players and bass players are like this too, is that trombone players write the most accessible music. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when a trombone player writes a song, yeah. you always like immediately the first time I listen to this, I let my baby listen to it. We listen to it like three times each song. Mm. And I was like, yo, this is touching me. Mm. You know, like it, 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 every song felt emotional. Mm. Is Was that on purpose? What's the, Does it have a story? Yeah. All the songs have a bit of a story. I mean, I think trombone players play the most accessible music because it's the the hardest instrument to play. <laughs> so it's like, what can we actually pull off, um, you know, and, and actually have it be beautiful? Um, I mean, I, I think my approach with picking songs and putting the music together was, um, you know, I, I just like really beautiful music and really beautiful melodies. I really am not interested in like athleticism or anything showy. It's just sort of like, all right, cool, but not really for me. It's not how I want to express myself. So I've sort of thought of myself as like, okay, if I was a vocalist in a band, I happen to have this thing in front of my face, but if I was a vocalist, what would I want to do? What are the songs I would like to play? And so that sort of, you know, guides my decision making. Um, the other thing that gets, that guides my decision making is really digging and, and getting into the history of the songs, understanding, just like listening to as many versions as possible. Um, so like if I really, all of these songs on the record are things that I heard somewhere. There's no originals on this. You know, it's all, it's all standards or covers, if you will. Um, but all of them I heard and every single of these songs that I heard, I had this moment of like, I can't believe this is so beautiful, right? From just a version that I heard or someone playing it live. It would just sort of struck me in a certain way. And I have a different experience and a different story for each of those songs of when I first heard it and was like, what is this, right? And then from there, I just get sort of obsessed and listen to as many versions as I can from every musician I can possibly get my hands on. And then I can sort of start to put a story together of, okay, what's the song about? What are the lyrics about? If there's lyrics and how can I sort of mosh something together um, that feels like my sort of a, a collage of my influences and the, the versions that I've loved. And, and then that sort of ends up turning into this other, it sort of takes its own, a life of its own. Um, and then it's just my job to play well. And for the band's job to play well. And so I guess that's been my approach is like getting obsessed with a song and then just sort of like digging through the history of it. Well, you did that. You did all of that. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's really beautiful. And I really appreciate that. Like just in hearing the track, you can you can hear like, again, like the... the I mean, I don't like using the word history and things like that, but again, you can hear the 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 the, the timetable how we got to this point. You know, it just it's not it's it you came you came here through studying, and uh, it makes sense that this is why you're playing what you're playing. How do you convey those ideas to other musicians in the band, and how like how do you select band members and bandmates to to help perpetuate your idea? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I. All of, I mean, so I have written arrangements for everything that just sort of provide a framework. So there's an intro, maybe a melody, maybe an outro, right? And then if there's harmony, all of that's written out, Um, except for in some cases where I really am unprepared. But like, hopefully if I'm doing my job as a band leader, it's all sort of set up in a way that 
um, is, is somewhat clear. I think there's a lot of sort of conversation that has to happen, but um, just providing a framework for then people and musicians who, that I love and I love the way they play and I love the way they approach music, they can sort of fly free within this framework. Um, and that's sort of how I think about band leading. It's like, okay, I love this person's playing. I want to be playing with them. I want to experience their energy and I want us to play with each other but I have this certain vision of what we can do. So how can I like box that up nicely? Um, and so that's been my approach. And, you know, so on this record, there's Stacy Dillard playing tenor and soprano saxophone. He's just one of my very favorite people in the world and just such a playful player. I mean, he just brings this, um, this like exuberance to everything and, and playing with him, I feel like I play more playfully and more like myself when I'm around him because he's just sort of like busts the door open. Um, and so, and he just brings such a maturity yet like childlike sort of sense of, he's very funny. Like he has a very great sense of humor on the horn. And I really appreciate that about him. So it's like, okay, that's a no brainer. Um, with Ben Wolf, he's one of my, I mean, all of these people are my favorite people to play with, but He's such an incredible bass player and just is like, think of um, a father figure in terms of just like holding things down. I feel like that's the sort of energy I wanted. Um, he and Evan Sherman, who's playing drums, they've played a lot together. So I really wanted to make sure that the drum and bass lockup was like super unfuckwithable, you know, um, and absolutely. Right. And then that is an official music term. Write that down, write that down. Um, and then Sean Mason was sort of a, at the time I hadn't played with him a ton, but I had I mean, I just, he's such a melodic player and again, such a, uh, yeah, he, I mean, his own, his own music is really incredible. I really encourage everyone to check it out, his trio. Um, but he just brings this real sensitivity. And I always feel like I can have a real conversation with him musically in addition to like humanly. Um, but yeah, so I guess it was just sort of how can I bring these people together? And there's a lot of mutual respect there. I wanted a couple of people in the band that were older than me, um, I wanted two people that were older than me. So they didn't feel like the only old people in the room <laughs> um, for lack of like a better way of saying that. Like, you know, it was important to me that Ben and Stacy had each other to like be experienced with. I see you really singling out the old yeah, people. Here. Yeah. And I, it feels wrong, but, but it is, it is how I was thinking about it. Cause I was like, I don't want yeah. there to be like the token old person or something, or like I wanted them to be able to sort of vibe off of each other in being really experienced jazz musicians that have been around for a long time. Whereas like it was my first record, right. Um, Evan was co-producing it with me and then Sean's really young as well. So it was like, I really wanted this sort of, you know, no one's that old, <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, Ben is so much more experienced than me. He's been playing forever. I mean, I'm, I'm only 26. So it's like, you know, to have a couple of people in the room who really, really are experienced and know what they're doing and know how these things are supposed to go was a valuable experience for me. And it kept me a little bit more on top of it and a little bit more um, organized and sort of direct with what I wanted because I had to make sure that they felt good you know, and that this right, wasn't right. some, you know, college production. Yeah. You know, that, that's a good, that point of, you know, people don't maybe not realize that jazz is multi-generational. And so depending on your age, you have a, your own language, you know, you played a certain kind of music with a, with a certain group of people. And so in New York, especially it's kind of divided, you know, like the, the people in the forties, people in thirties, people in their twenties, they kind of play together. Um, but when I lived in New Orleans, there weren't enough people for it to be like that. So you'd be on stage with somebody that's 75 while you're 22. And, and I think that interchange and in, in, in that intersection really, really helps the music because a 50-year-old dude can definitely tell you that you're sad, especially when, when you're growing or at any point in your career and be like, yeah, come on, we got to play better than that. And, and that's, that's the value of having 
like that step ladder. Like, you know what? We can play that better or we can. Why don't you do this? The, the experience Absolutely. that you would get from a person. And, like, and he, you know, and Ben and Stacy shaped things. Absolutely. Right. They're like, well, how about this? Or like, I don't love how we're doing that. Let's try this. And, you know, I really wanted it to be. You know, I had set again, I set up the foundation of how everything was kind of going to go. But then there was a lot of room for in the moment being like, well, this isn't the best option. How about this option? And I would have never thought of that. And, you know, not just comes from my inexperience because I'm really young. You know, I'm, I'm figuring this thing out, too. So it was that was a really, really positive experience for me. And something that I value a lot about the record is that it does have that multi-generational thing. Not in any crazy way, but you know, there there are people that are sort of older statesmen of jazz in the on that record. Yeah, I, re, I sorry, I have to chime in here. I really like what one of the comments that you meant too about like making people feel comfortable in the session. You know, being in a session is like a crazy vulnerable experience that can just just. It can be great. It can like just go downhill real fast, <laughs> you know, especially as making a first record or second or third or fourth or fifth record. It can be very intimidating, but I, I really appreciate what you said about ha ha like you're building a team of people that can contribute to the record, that can bring something to the table, that can work well together. And it's not only about m musically how you're playing, you know, you have, there's a social dynamic to it that, that, I appreciate that you're aware of and, and building your team based on that as opposed to just getting the, the baddest cats who talk shit all day. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and if they are the baddest shit that talk shit all day, maybe get another one. <laughs> so at least they have someone else to talk to. I mean, it's like, you know, like how do you put together a dinner party, right? Like you can think about it a million different ways. How do you put together a basketball team? How do you you know, organize this thing where people have, you know, buddies and, and, um, people that they can really level with. Um, and then also as a leader, how do you create a space where everyone feels comfortable to bring their strengths to the table, where there's enough room for them to explore their, you know, the music and themselves and each other, um, and have, you know, allow the space for that and to not be, you know, be strict where not strict, but like be specific when it needs to be specific. And then other than that, just sort of like let everyone do their thing. And so I think the, I, you know, and I think a lot of natural, just like beautiful moments on the record happen because people were just comfortable to interact with each other. And that's what this thing is about. You know, it's like, we're not putting on a Broadway show. We're making jazz. So it's like, let's, you know, allow for a little bit of room there. Through the process of recording and creating, what would you say uh, was the most important lesson that you learned? That's a good question. Um, I think, so one of them, the, the biggest feedback that I've got was that record has too few songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's only six songs, which is like not good. Oh. So there should be more. Um, I, I learned a lot. I think just having there's a laundry list of things of like lessons that I've learned. It's my first record. And so I made a ton of mistakes. Um, something that I think was huge was like, how was the thing recorded? So we recorded at Sear Sound, um, which is an amazing studio in New York, but we were not in the same room. Like we were in the same room, but we were like blocked off. So like Stacy and I were in a booth together. Sean was in the main room with the with the grand piano. Ben was sort of blocked off and then Evan was really in his own room. So because of that, we had to do a lot of, you know, it's very much like a, you know, older jazz record in the feeling of it where we're not doing production, like we're not doing any crazy stuff to it. And so I realized, man, I really wish we would have recorded in the same room. Um, it would have saved a lot of mixing hassle. So like that was something sort of specific that um, I felt like we were trying to create this room feeling in the mixing process. And if we had just done it right out the gate like that, I we would have saved a lot of time and energy for sure. Um, so we did the best we could to like create that feeling, but it, it did take more effort than it probably should have if I had known what, you know, what that would have taken. Um, so, but then on, on the flip side of that, we were able to do some editing and like change things around and with comping and like really create something that 
that uh, was quite specific after the fact. So that was cool. And we wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, so, you know, pros and cons of each. But I think next time I'll definitely have everyone in the same room. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, I think that was that was a big one. Um, I feel really con I mean, I feel really happy with everyone. I wouldn't have hired anybody different. Um, and yeah, everyone played so beautifully. So, yeah. And again, like what you were saying too, it's like that the record is just a snapshot of time. The, that, that was, that's the way you recorded that day. This is the way I sound today. And next time, you know, I learned some lessons on this record and the next one will have, you know, it'll have a different approach and, and things like that. So, but like now that the record is out, completed so what how about this when you finish the record what happens <laughs> like how do you like you got the record in the can it's mixed mastered you're happy with the way it sounds and then what do you do dot 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 um great question <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> yeah because i'm taking notes here if, if anyone can help please let me know <laughs> yeah i mean people should come really people should comment because i don't I, i'm figuring this out as well so okay so a couple so the thing the product is made okay great now there's a bunch of stuff that the label does in certain in terms of distribution and printing cds who even has a cd player anymore i don't know why i'm selling cds it's so weird um but like all of that um getting the cover like all the artwork together that was already done you know with all that so at this point it's like selling stuff so like figuring out, okay, can my website sell things? We found out no. So <laughs> we had to like scramble so that, you know, we have like an online store. Um, how do we ship things? Do I need a PO box, right? Like all of this like stuff that I just would have never thought of. Um, and then usually you would have a release show or like a tour or something, but that's not happening these days. So it's just been... Um, you know, a lot of online, like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> like this right now. Right. Exactly. Which is great. <laughs> um, so it's been fun to talk about it, but I just, I, I wish we could, you know, as a band celebrate it, but you know, we have limited options right now. Can I ask you like, like, again, like you, you, at some point you decided to go with a record label. Mm -hmm. So what, what did the record label bring to the table that helped you put the, uh, the like put the record out versus doing it by yourself? Yeah. So they gave me a deadline, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was nice. huge for me. Um, and yeah, so, so this label, it's called outside in music. Um, it's run by Nick Finzer, who's also a trombonist. Um, and he's awesome. He's super on top of it. And his team is amazing. They're just like very organized, very like really step by step um, and really sort of specific of like, OK, these are all the things we need. So what they brought to the table for me was a level of organization and thoroughness in understanding how does distribution work? How does releasing something work? How does licensing work? Um all of the like legal stuff um, and all like the behind the scenes, how do we get this music into the world? Um, they're, th that's what they do. Um, so they're great. And they also only take 20% of sales. So I have to pay for everything up upfront, um, which I would have had to do if I self-released anyway. And then they only take 20% of the sales. So fine. Right. Like that's, that was like an easy, um, an easy decision for me because it doesn't cost me much. Some labels, you know, they could take 40%, 50%. Again, you know, I don't know how many CDs we're going to sell. So, you know, that number might be quite small, but either way, um, you know, it's not much more out of my pocket um, to have sort of people to answer to and people that are just going to do a better job than I would do on my own. Um, and then they also connected me with Lydia Liebman, who's an amazing publicist. And so that's how I'm getting interviews with different magazines and, you know, downbeat interviewed me and like, she's getting it out to radio and like all of this stuff. So, um, again, I couldn't do that on my own. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> so I'm just like, hi, I play trombone. And they're like, okay, cool. Like here you are into the world. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't have the patience. I don't have the I do have the time, but I don't have the patience to um, to do all of that stuff. So it's just nice to have people to answer to in that way. 
I was just going to say, you know, I, I use Lydia. We use Lydia with, with, with our last project and she's great. So if y'all out there, y'all, you need a publicist, hit Lydia. Hit Lydia up. up. She's amazing. Yeah. She's so, so I guess I feel like that's such an important part of the puzzle too. Cause I guess like kind of what we're discussing is like, you know, musicians, we spend so much time focusing on the music and then, you know, you, you, you make a $10,000 record and then you finish this record, you, you know, you spent five grand mixing, mastering it five grand, you know, getting the studio. And then it's like, you have to sell it. And that costs money also to, to get that type of advertisement. Yeah. So, yeah. And you don't want it to just fall flat. You know, I mean, it's like you work really hard to make the music really beautiful and you want as many people to hear it as possible. And you want it to sort of like, you know, you want something to happen. <laughs> you worked yeah, really absolutely. hard. So, absolutely. Um, you know, to just make it feel like it was all, you know, of course it's all worth something, um, but just to have it feel like it'll sort of get out there as much as possible. I think it is really worthwhile to hire a publicist, um, especially if you've never done it before. They know everybody in different clubs and different publications and radio. I mean, they're just like so hooked up with all of that. And to be that hooked up as an artist, I just, that would, be a whole different like job requirement you know it takes years yeah it's years of building right. contacts and things right. like that yeah so she's awesome look before we we're getting close here but i, I want to play this other song do it uh <laughs> rosita is that is that how you, rosita yeah. right yeah yeah can i tell the yeah. story of this song please tell us the story okay this one i think is my favorite song do you have saxophone envy <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, I love this tune so much. Um, so this song, I, I first heard this one. So I was talking about how like each song, there's this like, oh my God, what is this moment? So that for this one, this was on a record of Coleman Hawkins and Ben Webster playing Ooh. this. And like, it's so fuzzy and warm and feels like you're getting hugged. And um, I just... Any song that makes me feel like that, I'm like, this is my favorite thing ever, right? Um, that's just all, how I want every all music to sound. It's just like a big bear hug from my mom, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I was just so excited about this melody. And then I found out, so it's it's it was written by this guy named Paul DuPont for a silent film called Rosita. And this was like the song that accompanied it. And um, so I just got into the silent films really like there's this lady who's a um it's like in some you know made up village in spain and she's writing protest songs and performing them in her village against the king then the king is like sort of in love with her but also mad at her because he's she's teasing him <laughs> and like goes and sort of goes to chastise her and then ends up falling in love and it's like this whole love triangle thing and like people die. And it's just like, it's a very like epic story. And this song is the thing that, um, you know, that was accompanied by this film. And so it was just sort of fun for me to imagine that and to sort of run with that narrative a little bit. So you'll hear in the intro, there's sort of this fanfare moment and I just, and it sort of leads into the song. So just listen for that. I think it's fun.
did it again. I'm jealous. Fuzzy? Super feeling. <laughs> Thank you. Man, wow. You know, you and Stacy, that combination is simply magical to me. And I loved both solos tremendously, man. Wow. You guys really just the vibe is so strong. Thank you. Man. Yeah. We had fun. We were in that little booth together, like sort of winking at each other, like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he's so fun to yeah. play with. He he just, yeah, he, he really lit up this record. I'm so grateful he's on it. I like, you know, that's one of my, I love that tune so much. And it's one of, every time it randomly pops up on my Spotify, when I just have it going, I get so excited and I love it. And I have to compliment you all. And again, like, I feel like, uh, I, I feel the same sense of satisfaction listening to your ver your rendition of the tune as I do hearing the original. And I'm probably going to listen to yours a lot more because I hate it when they start swinging on I songs. I know, I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> Let's talk about that but for a second. Y'all did it right. <laughs> that is a huge compliment. Thank you. But I, I know, I wish they wouldn't either. I mean, yeah, I'm just like, let's just stay in this like sexy zone. Why, why leave it? Let's just chill here for a sec. So... Thank you. That's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. While we got the people right here, fresh off the sounds of the beautiful sounds of uh, Muriel, how can they buy this, man? They need to know right okay. now. So how can a they couple buy different it? ways? You can go to Bandcamp if you want to like stream it and have it be the best quality. You can do that. Um, you can buy a CD from me by either like messaging me or going to my website or DMing me or like however you want to get in touch. I'll send it to you. Um, Amazon has it. All of the streaming platforms have it. So like Apple, Spotify, all the things. Like anywhere you can find music, it's there. Um, and if you want me to get the most money, you can buy the CD from me or buy it on Bandcamp. Um, so however you want to do that is great. Okay, That's the great. way to go. So, yeah, we want we want Mario to get all the money. So this is what we need y'all to do. Chip into my ten thousand dollars. Exactly. Yeah. We gotta. Hey, look, ROI, return yes, on investment. Help, help us me. out and uh, help her out. Go out there and buy the record directly from her at Bandcamp, and you can just search her yep. name. Bam. Yep. 
And it's it, there. And the name of the record is Backbone. Backbone. Yep. Yep. Yeah. My little mug on there. Can I, can I, since, since just maybe before yeah. we call it, can I ask you what, what, what would make this record a success in your opinion? Well, yeah. Um, I think it already, I've had some friends reach out to me who are friends that are not jazz fans necessarily, like friends from kindergarten um, who live in San Francisco and only listen to like SZA. Um, and they've reached out to me and say, Hey, I love your music. And I really enjoyed listening to it. And it's so beautiful to me. That's all I want. Like I just, this, you know, I, I didn't make this record for jazz critics or for fellow jazz musicians. If they like it, that's wonderful. Like that's a huge compliment, but I, this really, I was hoping that this music is for everybody. Um, and I think it, it has the potential. I mean, I just think it's good. And so I think people enjoy good music. <laughs> and so it, I think it is really accessible and, and, um, sort of likable by anyone. So to have people reach out to me that aren't jazz fans specifically, um, that's a huge, that to me, that's already a success. Um, and yeah, that's it. And then the fact that I could support the people around me and, and make music with them. I mean, I don't think you can really ask for anything better than that. So I don't really care at this point. I mean, it's already it's already out there and I'm really happy that it's done. It took a long time to get out there. And so I'm just sort of excited and emboldened by this process because it's like, OK, cool. What I do doesn't suck. <laughs> now let me make more because I think, you know, it's really easy to feel like this kind of stuff like who knows if this is good and and i think it's okay but like does everyone else like it and is this good enough and i mean the insecurities just run rampant so to just have like a little bit of good feedback is like okay cool like i guess i can believe in this thing like i'll keep going and you know it it means you know i, I don't i don't feel like people talk about that enough of like the fact that making music is really vulnerable and really scary and really hard and just to have that little bit of encouragement and a little bit of feedback, I think, um, really means a lot. And I think that kind of keeps people going. So I'm just excited to like make the next thing because now I'm like, OK, cool. Like we've got something going here because you don't know. Everyone's just like, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah cool. You sound good. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just it's really cool to just have that moment of like, OK, cool. Like. I'm onto something here and now I can just keep learning and keep go going and, um, you know, keep getting better because that's all we can do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I like that answer. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's sometimes, uh, people in, when you're trying to accomplish anything, people don't mention the self doubt because before you can accomplish anything great, you have to first conquer yourself. And I think that was a beautifully uh, stated there, you know, so we all, we out all here struggle together. through it, you know, and I, I think it's yeah, um, easy to say, oh, yeah, it's no problem. You know, just pull it out of my ass. Like, it's just <laughs> true. And, and I think um, I, I mean, I think that's the, one of the hardest things about playing music is that you just have to sort of keep going and kind of believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and and just think that, OK, maybe this is good enough and or it'll never be good enough, but at least it's something and we can just keep going. But um, yeah, wait, we need the feedback. I think it, it, that's just yeah. been my, and, and also to understand how much I need it sort of helps me make sure that I give it to other people as well. Like, hey, not just, whoa, nice job, but like, wow, that was really beautiful. And I really liked when you did that. And like, let's be a little more specific yeah. in our feedback. Cause I think that can go yeah. a really far away rather than like, nice solo. <laughs> hey, I just said that. No, just, <laughs> like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> what are you saying? Listen. <laughs> yeah, Mario, listen. Thank you so much for coming on the Working so Artist Project. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Darian Douglas. My name is Gregory Ajit. Congratulations, Mario. It's, it's uh, quite an Thank accomplishment. You so and you... Yeah, it was such a treat to talk with you guys. This was really fun and really funny. It was a blast. Have <laughs> <laughs> me anytime. We'll just make jokes. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. And uh, yeah, so we'll catch y'all later. Peace. Peace.